so um, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to cover the topic of you need more. But to help this happen, uh, what's, what, what we're doing is we're actually, uh, we're, we're beaming this message up direct to our three other campuses. So it's going to go, it's going to Toronto and to Maitland and to Foster Tankari. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. So what I need you to do, so there's a camera right there. I need you to stand on your feet and give a good warm You've got to turn back to the camera and wave and cheer and say good day, say good day to all the gang. Foster Tankari and at Maitland and at Toronto. Fantastic. Some people made sure they got in front of the camera right then, which is perfect. We love it. Thank you for all of that. Um, we started this year um, with the topic of fresh air that we would commit our hearts and our lives um, to God, His presence, leading, guiding, directing, empowering us. And so we had that focus. We went then on to a topic called Mates Before Dates. We covered a range of areas uh, in regards to relationships, God's principles for us to do relationships well. One of the quickest ways to, uh, to fall foul in life is to do relationships terribly. I would prefer that we do it well and the Bible is filled with wisdom on how to navigate relationships and do them brilliantly. So we covered that. And then we went into vision. And vision had two parts to play. The part that I had to play in that communication was in regards to the 365, that we as a church would believe to extend to see more people come to Christ than we'd ever seen before. It's a joy to our heart. The fact that Jesus Christ has saved me, a wretch like me. He saved a wretch like I once was lost, but I now am found. I didn't deserve that. But then to keep it to myself would be selfish. So what I want to do is have a joy in my heart when I now share it. And we believe that every Christian, every good lifer gets the opportunity and the privilege to share the gospel with the way that we live our lives and the way that we share our generosity and the way that we share our faith in real terms um, with our friends and our family, our co-workers, those that we study with, those um, significant others in our world. So um, last year, we saw over 12 months in four campuses of Good Life, 155 people give their lives to Jesus Christ. This year alone, we're only in May. This year alone, we've seen 158 people come to, the, come to Jesus Christ. It is absolutely fantastic. So I want to cheer every person who has responded with faith, who's said, you know what, I've been praying for that friend of mine for a long time. I'm going to invite them. I'm going to include them. I'm going to, I'm going to step up the pace of my generosity and my love for that person. Um, now, the campus pastors at every campus preached in regards to vision about, well, how are we going to do that? I, 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 if I'm going to share the gospel and help someone with their next step, it usually comes along the journey of my next step. And so for some people, the journey of the next step is, is consistency in building your life in the gospel, consistency in being a part of the house of God and, and hearing and learning um, the word of God. Um, it, it, it could be the fact that you go, you know what, I want to be a part of a celebration service where at the end of every good life service, people get, their chance, get a chance to lift their hand and say, yes, I want Jesus in my heart. Um, that could be your next step. It could be that, uh, it could be that you... Your next step is to actually say yes, to know God by receiving Jesus in your heart, forgiveness of sin, and there will be an opportunity at the end of this service. It could be that you get the chance to, uh, to uh, find freedom. When we find freedom in community, we actually learn how to grow and to leave behind the baggage of the past in community. And so for some, signing up for a connect group, 
no matter what campus you're in, it, it, you could be, you, there could be people right down there at Foster Tunkari going, I've never done a connect group. And because of the clarity of a vision that says your next step could help someone else, there's people signing up. More people have signed up for connect groups at every campus this year than ever before. And it's a joy to my heart to see people saying, I want to find freedom and potentially help someone else do the same by not disconnecting, but connecting. There's people that have discovered their purpose through Growth Track, and that starts June 2. It's only, it's very, very soon that we're starting the next round of Growth Track where people get to find their fit, discover their purpose, why they were put on planet Earth, and then we give people the opportunity to make a difference uh, in the life of the church, but also in life outside of the four walls of the church. We want you to be a part of the dream team, the Good Life dream team, when we work together as a team, but also we're cheering you on, making a difference in your workplace, in your place of study, in your home, and, and making a difference there. It could be a spiritual discipline is your next step. Making consistency of your time in the Word of God or worship or, or, or giving. Um, it could be the thing. It could be prayer. Learning how to pray. You could have been a Christian for years and struggled with prayer, but because you've connected and said, I want the next step, you can say to someone you trust, can you help me with that? I'd love to grow. I'd love to get to know this relationship with God a whole lot more. Truth be told, um, all of these next steps, um, every healthy next step comes down to using well the resources God has entrusted into our hands. It's using our time well, using our talents well, using our energies well. It's saying, well, I've got this amount right now and I'm going to trust God for a little bit more. With much, you can do much, but with a little, you can do little. I love it, because I was, I was brought up in poverty. I love seeing people that do great things with little amounts. And I think, could you imagine if they had a bit more? With, with a little bit of peace, you can only share a little bit. With a little bit of money, you can only share a little bit. It comes to an end. With a certain amount of time, you can only, like, Time then exhausts. You get, to, you get to the end of it. Every healthy next step is using well the resources that God has entrusted into your hands. And for the next couple of weeks, we're going to cover the topic of you need more. And yes, we will cover the topic of money. And in every campus, I guarantee you, if whether you're at Foster Tunkari or Maitland or Toronto looking at a screen or you're right now here at Newcastle, there'll be people right now going, yeah, I knew it. The church wants your money. Well, I do. I knew it. I knew they were going to ask for my money. Yep. Uh huh. We cover it once a year, and we cover it well. I found out that if we delve into the Word of God to find out what Christ wants for us, people don't mind biblical and balanced and healthy teaching in around finance. People don't like being manipulated. And so maybe your tendency to be cynical right now could be a part of uh, you've been manipulated in the past. Maybe you've heard bad press, but the truth is, when we start a topic on finance and pitch it with you need more, I think there's no need for cynicism. <laughs> um, every year we're going to teach on it, and you might go, well, I knew it, I knew they are going to do this, but look, you've, only, you've come on one of those weeks. We're only going to do a couple of them, it's okay. If you come back in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be done, we'll be on to another topic, and you'll be fine. You don't have to stress. But the whole point of you need more potentially is a struggle for a whole lot of people. I, I felt the struggle for a lot of my years um, growing up in poverty and seeing what my parents did to do everything they could to take care of us. 
Uh, my mum's disabled. She was age five. She nearly died, had a massive car accident. She goes on a invalid pension. Dad goes on a spouse carer's pension. And life revolved around making sure that mum was okay in a lot of ways. Uh, my parents were brilliant people, faithful people, hardworking, loving people. Um, but the deal is to go from that point to then think, I could have more. It's a struggle sometimes for people. And, and really, if you, if you boil down the things of Scripture in regards to finance and resource, actually, Jesus, uh, so we'd be wrong not to cover this topic because Jesus covers it one in every four verses in the Gospels. One in every four Gospels. One every, sorry, one every four verses in the Gospel. Let's get that right. Covers the topic of resources, finances, how you deal with it, how we don't deal very well with it, and how it is a window to our soul in so many different ways. The themes of Scripture in regards to resources and finance come down to three things. Stewardship, generosity, and faith. Including, if you do well, God wants to put more in your hands. Um, so I think, I've got some brilliant campus pastors. Thank you for that. There's a couple of yeses there. This is nice. If you're at New, yeah, this is, if you're at Newcastle, you say, that's me. That's, that's, it's, it's me. Thank you for that. That was a, was a bit delayed in the front row there, but I do appreciate it. Um, but I think, I think the Laylas and the Iansons and the Perrins are brilliant people. And I think what they do with the resources they have is remarkable. So I'd love to have more in their hands. I think that'd be good stewardship to actually believe God for more, to trust God for his ways, to go, you know what, they're doing so good. Why don't we trust, pray, believe, give? How about we extend our hearts and become bigger people and not just go, well, I'm taking care of my patch, but there's another patch that could be taken care of that would be God's plan. Let's extend our hearts. It could be hard to extend that way. Uh, two of our campuses and about to be three, we've got a food bank or a food co-op or a food care where we actually help people doing it tough and giving them low-cost groceries and not just that, but giving them love and inclusion and dignity in the process. I think there's so many great things happening. I would think for any of those programs, I would love to think they need more. More resource means more people fed, more volunteers, more dream team as they're helping out would be awesome. It would be better, would it not? I would think Red Frogs are raising more this year than last year would be brilliant. Yeah. I think that's awesome because it's being used well for a great cause. I have no need for cynicism. I have all need for celebration. I've actually got to look at my life and then go, well, if someone's getting more, and I can't celebrate, it's probably an indication of this position of my heart. If you're doing brilliantly in your workplace, it's usually the pathway to more. They don't give promotions to the people that come late, clock off early, whether it's physically or in your head. <laughs> come up with problems, they give promotions to the people that come up with solutions and work hard. That's what happens. And so I would say, if you're doing brilliantly in your workplace, you need more. And I think God will back you with that. I think that's the pathway. I would say Brenda, who's doing a brilliant job with the kids' ministry, has transformed the kids' ministry at Foster Tunkari Good Life. 
is ab an absolutely brilliant woman, having to put up with Ben Perrin on such a regular basis. But I've got to say, with what she's done, she needs more. She needs more dream teamers. She needs more resource. She needs more finance. She needs more felt. I think that's what they use. They use felt. More puppets. I don't know. I have no idea. But I know she's doing a great job. I would think Ben and Di Morley at Toronto, absolute flipping legends of people that have got business and family and all sorts of different things, juggling a whole range of things, including uh, Connect Group and including, well, they, they, they come alongside our campus pastors to help the services at Toronto run smoothly in our only location that we're bumping in and out. Could you imagine having to bump all this in and out of a venue? And I would say Ben and Di Morley, they need more. I would love to celebrate those types of people needing more. Alex Brolo, involved with the music at Maitland. What a flipping champion. One of the people that is so talented, he makes me sick. I like him, and then sometimes I don't. He's just too good. And I've seen him serve, and I've seen him worship lead. I've seen him play every music instrument better than anyone else can play. Then I snuck into a combined creative arts meeting of Good Life Church, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago. And I saw the leader on the night taking care of stuff. And I saw Alex, who could be the guy that goes, I'm better than everyone because he is. Serve and help and not need a limelight and help someone else who was struggling with this and help someone else who was struggling with this. And I would think with a guy like that, with all of that talent, I want him to have more. I think that's a great thing. Could I say here at Newcastle, if I was to pick on the Stadlers for a second, if I was to pick on the Stadlers for a second, that I would say all of the things they're juggling, helping newcomers feel at home, connect groups and multiplying connect groups. That's the dream of our heart, serving in so many areas, running mainly music, which has seen more mums come into the house of God then oh, we don't know what to do. It's amazing. I would suggest for the Stadlers, they need more because what they're doing with what they've got is remarkable. I think it's to be celebrated. You need more, and I would like you to have more. And the way towards more is the way of the gospel. It's the way of the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, oh, okay, there's a word, it's even scriptural, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Hey, for some people, trusting God when it doesn't look like you're currently having more, when I'm going, God, I'm believing for more, I'm believing for more salvations in my family. I'm believing for more finance to be able to leave an inheritance for my children's children. I'm believing for more peace in my home. I'm believing for, a, I'm believing for more breakthrough in my church. I'm believing for more campuses of Good Life Church. I'm believing for more healthy marriages. I'm believing for more children to rise up strong and confident in the house of God. To him who is able to do exceedingly and measurably more than all we ask or imagine, sometimes faith. You might be good with your resources in stewardship and generosity, but you've forgotten the faith bit. Forgotten the faith bit that says, and faith is a couple of things. Faith is when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place and you never would have picked to be there. Then you go, God, 
I need you. You're my only hope. I need you to help me through this. Give me the strength to endure this storm. It could be that you rely on faith only when you're really desperate. But what about not waiting until you're desperate and saying, I'm going to use the same mustard seed of faith to say, I'm believing for more than what I've got right now because I'd like to do more with it. When you say, ah, I'd like to feed my family. When you think, I'm not feeding Jesus. Yeah. I've had three. We planned a church in Auckland. What about Melbourne? What's happening? Would God want more? Of, of what God is doing in good life, would God want that to happen in more places? What about Belmont? That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. I think God would want more. And I think faith is trusting God for them or becoming a bigger person with a bigger vision and a bigger identity. And you know what? If you don't have faith for you to have more, I certainly do. In every campus, at Newcastle right now and at Foster Tuncurry and at Toronto and at Maitland, I'm believing for every single good lifer that you would have more and the faith to trust in the middle of the dark days and the storms and the lack that you go, I serve the God of abundance. He's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. That's what actually, that's the God that we serve. So I'm believing God for more for you. So come on, Newcastle, up on your feet. Every, every other campus, up on your feet. Come on, I want to pray for you right now. Lift your hands to heaven. I want to believe God for more right now. In every campus, for every good lifer, hearing, receiving this word, Father, I declare more. I declare more. I, I, more faith, more capacity, more strength, more confidence, more resource from heaven. Your words promise more, exceedingly more than we could ever ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. Father, I pray, Lord God, for breakthrough for individuals, families, people believing for great things in their world. God, I pray as they're trusting you for their family, for their future, for their health. God, I pray for more in Jesus' name. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Your provision is better than our ability to provide. I pray your provision more. God, more trust, more peace, more joy, more wisdom navigate that more as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Every campus, you can be seated. Um, faith is trusting God for more. But if you look at that scripture, Ephesians chapter 3, real quick, I need to race now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within... It's not out there, Jerry. It's in us. It either exists within you or it doesn't. You will either stay at your ability and be comfortable with that and uncomfortable when people challenge you for more or you realize there's some power working in me that I have not yet tapped. There's a challenge right now for me to realize the power is actually working within us. So many scriptures talk about this mindset, believing God for more. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 says, My God shall supply all your needs. Everyone say all. 
all is all, not some, but all of your needs according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I would encourage you to expand your thinking. When you find your thinking, thinking small, go, you know what? I'm not thinking small. I've decided to think more. I'm believing God for expansion and growth and more in Jesus' name. The result of this kind of life is more blessing again. First Corinthians chapter 9 talks about an abundance for every single good work. Malachi chapter 3. Now, this is some good stuff. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 10 says, Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? Oh, that doesn't sound good. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. You have a choice of which way to go or not. But this is God actually opens up his pattern for more in our lives. We rob God in tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Talks about bringing an offering into the storehouse. Now, it's difficult to bring an offering into the storehouse, the local church, unless you've already tackled the topics of believing God for more in faith and the stewardship of the resources you currently have. If you don't steward the resources you currently have, you'll have too much month at the end of your money. What you want is too much money at the end of your month. Does that sound okay? Sounds better, doesn't it? So I've got to steward that. I've got to work out how to do that. Next week, we're going to go into that and delve into that a whole lot more. But the faith to believe God for more and the stewardship of what we've got means God can go, I can trust you with more. And God says, this is how it works. Then you bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Test me in it says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Sounds all right. Sounds pretty good, actually. And pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty, every decision of your resources in generosity, in stewardship, and in faith. They're the three things of Scripture. Old Testament, Jesus in the Gospels, who talks about it a lot, remember, and all the way through the Bible. Every decision of resources, the way that I spend my time. You thought I was going to say money just then, didn't you? The way that I spend my energy, the way that I direct my focus the way that I handled relationships, the way that I care for my health, the way that I spend my money, every use of resources reveals where your heart's at. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21 shows that really clearly, where it says, uh, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You can't tell me that you love your wife there's no funds or time going towards her. Your heart's not in it. You'll, you'll either manage your relationships or you'll be managing a relational crisis. You'll either manage your health or you'll end up managing a health crisis. You'll either manage your money or you'll end up managing a money crisis. And all of these resources, God goes, here you go. And the way that I deal with every one of those resources reveals to me where my heart's at. Because where my treasure is, there is my heart. 
So every one of those decisions that I make in regards to resources has got something to do with these two trees you've been wondering what are on the stage for. And you would get there. You were hoping we would. Isn't another random thing that Good Life Church do? It does happen occasionally. There's a choice of two trees. Um, not quite sure if originally in the Garden of Eden they were palm trees. But they were the best we got. You'll find this one uh, on your right is the tree of life. It's a good looking tree. Uh, the one on your left is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we're going to find this in Genesis and chapter, I don't know, we'll start at 2. How's that sound? Genesis chapter 2 and verse 9 starts off with, The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were uh, pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Skip down to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are, to, uh, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Uh, we're going to skip down to chapter 3 and verse 1 through 7. It's all good stuff, but for sake of time, we're going to skip. Now, the serpent was more crafty. Um, Eve has come along in the meantime. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say... You must not eat from any tree in the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. The devil wants to have a conversation with you about your resources and how you spend them. He wants to have a conversation about how much you really trust God. Do you really trust him? Does he really have your best interests at heart? And as soon as you doubt, there's trouble. As soon as you have just a little conversation where you listen to the devil and don't go, no, 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 I'm a child of God. That's not happening around here. As soon as you do that, there is trouble unless you stand up and go, no, I'm called by God. This is who I am and I'm going to do it God's way. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. There was no argument with the guy. He was powerless. There was a naked woman offering him food. Powerless. He's not to blame. So that's doctrinally incorrect. He was also. Just felt like saying that. There are two trees. You've got the tree of life here on your right. And this is what the tree of life looks like. It looks like I'm trusting God's word. It looks like I'm trusting his nature. It looks like I'm trusting his plans. And when he says, don't touch this one, here's the deal. Love always requires a choice. I can choose to love my wife and my children, or I can choose not to. I can choose where my resources go, towards God's kingdom, or towards my family, or towards good things. I can choose to steward things well, or I can choose not to. I can choose God's way, or I can choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God says, well, I wouldn't go there if I was you. Do I trust God's word and nature and plans even when I have the chance to access the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? This tree of life is the tree of eternal purpose, 
walking in God's blessing and covering no matter what it looks like. If you live by the tree of life, when the storms come, because they do, no matter which tree you are hanging around, you know that your life is built upon a solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ and cannot be swayed. The tree of life says, I trust God's word, nature and plans. It's the tree of eternal purpose. But here's the deal. It's not always easy to do that. Because I check social media and it looks like everyone eating from that tree is doing really well. Mmm, that fruit looks good. Isn't that what we do? If you're not on social media, God bless you, life's probably better. But you're looking at the Joneses then. You know, it looks better. Too many people trying to keep up with the Joneses spending money they don't have by things they can't afford to impress people they don't like. <laughs> but yet, someone's over there living by the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this is what it looks like. Eve saw the fruit in verse 6, if we can bring that back up again. It said, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, because you know, point number one, when it comes down to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it looks good for sustenance. This will be a great way to take care of my family. Or do I trust God's sustenance and God's provision for my life? It was good for food. It was also pleasing to the eye. So it looked good. Not only did it look good for me, but it looked. I, I think oftentimes it's like, this is going to look good for other people to see if I'm doing this. It's not just that it would look good for me, but I will also look good via this way. And it's also desirable for gaining knowledge. This is the tree of instant gratification. This is the tree of I can't wait for what God has promised me. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. But here's the funny thing. When it says that it was desirable for gaining, I've just framed this whole message series for three weeks on you need more. But yet the only tree that she thought was desirable for gain a.k.a. you need more, was the knowledge of good and evil tree. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil meant it was desirable for gaining, and so she grabbed. She took. The tree of life, if you watch where this flows into the life of Jesus, is the greatest life ever was all about giving. It's all about faith and stewardship and generosity. It can be hard because you go, well, I, I, I want to gain and I want to take care of my family and I want to take care of my future and I want to do all these great things and it's a, it's a good thing. It's a desirable thing to be a good steward and to take care of your family and to you know, work hard. And well, they're, they're all really great attitudes, but the deal is sometimes it leans into this whole thought of, I take it into my own hands. It's desirable for gain. But for the whole, you need more. It includes sure faith and sure stewardship, but it does, it, it does include the thought of giving and generosity. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is all about getting. The tree of life is all about giving. And when you do that, this is what's happening. You're putting yourself on an unfair playing field. We want to go, hey, it's easier. It looks nicer to be able to gain. I want to get more to be able to do more. But the truth is, Proverbs 14 and 12 says there is a way that seems to, uh, seems to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. 
It's a difficult discussion. Because you can have someone working really hard at their job. And you don't know the hard intention, whether it's coming out of the tree of life of stewardship and generosity and faith. If it's coming out of an attitude of taking matters into my own hands, instant gratification, you don't know when you're looking at someone else, but what you can do is check your own heart sometimes. Not by the words of fallible man. Hello. I'll give it my best shot, but I'm not perfect. If you've been around for more than three seconds, you'll realize that. But by the word of God, can I trust you? The tree of knowledge of good and evil, it seems right, but in the end it's death. The fruit of that tree is insecurity and inability. Your ability to be able to provide is limited. God's ability to provide is limitless. You're going to be insecure because it's all about can I do it? But here there's amazing security because I'm like, nothing is impossible for my God. The fruit looks very different. You can eat which one you want, but the truth is the fruit looks very different. The, the fruit of the knowledge of uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is there is a way that seems right, but it leads to death. It's I can gain the world but lose my soul. It's the Tower of Babel where I build an altar and I build a tower and build a name for myself, but the truth is it's empty and God scatters that kind of stuff. And when I fall into difficulty, the fruit of this one is why God did I get into you get me into this mess? Check the flavor of the fruit on your gin. Oh, that's why. But in the mess, what does God do? He points you towards a better way. The fruit of this tree is comparison, covetousness, envy. You're looking at someone else going, how come they're blessed and I'm not? How come they're through it? How come God answered their prayers and I didn't? Well, A, I've never found God buy into my sense of timeliness. But B, never, never despise someone else's harvest if you don't know their seed that they've been sowing over and over and over and over and over again. It's easy to be this way. The fruit is that way. The way that we apply it is you need more, so keep it. But the roots are in disobedience and pride and fear and doubt and flesh and self and rebellion. Read my notes. The tree of life, on the other hand, the fruit looks a bit different. It's God's ability is limitless. It's trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways and He will make your path straight. This is the kind of fruit where a prodigal son says, it's better in dad's house. It's the kind of fruit where you face a storm and you know that Jesus is in your boat. You're still facing a storm. God, why are you asleep? The disciples said to him, God, why are you asleep in the middle of the storm? Sometimes it does feel like God's asleep in the middle of the storm. The cool thing is God is in your boat. This is the kind of fruit looks like he's given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. It looks like give and it's given to you, pressed down, shaken together and running all over. This is the kind of fruit that says when there's difficulty, 
the testing of my faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance first have its great work so that it may be mature and com- so I may be com- mature and complete. Here's the kicker on this fruit. There's a fruit that you don't get any other way. And it's the fruit of favor ain't fair. I'm not talking about getting the good car parks at Qatar. Or Wharf Street at Foster. That's difficult. Got a couple of sneaky ones, I think. But it's the fruit of when Ruth comes back from Moab. She just happened to be gleaning in the field of Boaz, her kinsman redeemer. When the guy that was born blind, that Jesus ended up just shoving the mud in his face. Jesus escaped death by the crowd, sneaks out and just so happened to walk by. There's no coincidences. There's God incidences. And favor ain't fair. And that's the stuff that you trust God with. God, you know my today and you know my tomorrow. This is the tree of eternal purpose and it's rooted in obedience, humility, love, trust. It's, it's, it's rooted in the Spirit of God. It's rooted in selfless. It's rooted in unity. And so here's the key deal. In the ups and the downs of life, this one says, I'll get through hopefully. The tree of life my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So when I say you need more, stop thinking money for a second. Stop thinking the spending of the resources that are in your hands with faith or stewardship or generosity. And start to think of the confidence and the security and the peace and the joy and the wisdom that God gives you So even when you don't have much in your hand, your heart is filled. I've been to some of the most poverty-stricken parts of the world. They haven't got much. They just smile. And the most generous people, the most generous people, why? Because my God should supply all my needs. It's actually not about all these things. Isn't it amazing we get all these, we, 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 we acquire all these things, but with no purpose. And we've got high rates of suicide in our nation. Because it's not about getting. It's actually all about living with the tree of life. It's all about I'm living God's plans and purposes and stuff's going to happen, but God's going to make me stronger through it. Are you kidding me? Hey, things are going to happen and it might look bad right now, but I trust God. It's amazing. And you could be one of those people in the middle of the storm when you see someone else and you're like, you know, you see those people and you're like, their life is going to pot right now. The doctors have said this terrible report, but they're filled with faith. I went and visited my friends Gail and Arian. And Auntie Gail's been given a rotten diagnosis with cancer. So I go around there, she still is cheeky as all get out. I'm like, how's your faith? She's filled with faith. She's got a lot of pain. Filled with faith. She's filled with hope for the future. And not every minute of life is lived for the tree of life. I don't have to stand over here and go, well, I'll get myself out of this pickle. Because there's some pickles you can't get yourself out of. When I say you need more, 
just want you to know you need more peace. You haven't enough peace in your life. And the only way you get that is here. There's a peace that passes all understanding. And the only place you get it is by living every decision with your resources via the tree of life, not the tree of I can do it my way and instant gratification. It's an eternal purpose that leads me to believe that God can supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And if I need a doctor's report that's different to the one I've currently got, then my God shall supply because nothing is impossible for him who believes. Nothing is impossible for our God. I can say, God, I'm living by the tree of life. That's why Malachi promises I bring my tithes and offerings to the storehouse. He opens the windows of heaven over my life. I'm not receiving receiving cash falling from heaven, although I wouldn't say no. What I am receiving is a window, which is a viewing point to what God has got for my future. And so I'm walking in favor into business opportunities. I'm walking into favor in opportunities to give and be a part of causes that just are a joy to my heart. I'm walking into an opportunity to show my family, my boys, that's the life. This is the life. That ain't living, family.